Welcome to another episode of Jody Jenkins, the golf guy. We certainly appreciate uh, the great response we've had. This is, of course, our 20th year of broadcasting. Our producer, Brett Black, in studio, nodding his head because he knows he knows that this show just continues to grow. We get lots of great, uh, lots of great emails, lots of great responses on our social media, and Brett's been scouring all those and finding the best ones. But we we mean this when we say we appreciate each and every one of you. Twenty years is a long time, and humble beginnings, uh, and we're looking forward to another twenty. I mean, that might be a little bit of a stretch, but I would love to do this show. For another 20 years. And I got to say something too. Last week we had Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz on from Golf Subpar. And they did an amazing job. Uh, we had a ton of emails and texts about those lads. So make sure you check out their show because they're they're a lot of fun. Um, we are going overseas for our guest today. And I'm excited. Uh, he's been on the show uh, a handful of times. I think this might be his third or fourth appearance. But from ShotScope. Our good friend, Gavin Deer. Gavin, welcome back to the program. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Jody. So where exactly are you right now? Like, let's give our listeners a sense of <laughs> where you are in the world. Um, I am uh, just outside Perth in Scotland. So that is 10 miles away from Glen Eagles, 30 miles away from St. Andrews, 30 miles away from Carnoustie. Um, sort of east central Scotland. Okay, and because it's so relevant and timely, and I know that uh, I'm sure you're the same as me, and we're getting tired of the COVID talk. But I, I just want to ask, how have things been as of late in your area of the world with COVID, and how it directly relates to golf? I know that you mentioned before we started the show that. It was just a couple days ago that people were golfing in shorts in Scotland, but now there's some there's been some snow lately. But maybe what's it been like with COVID? How's it going with golf? And just your thoughts? Yeah, so we're we're um, we're still under a lockdown here, although restrictions are easing. Um, however, in Scotland, we've we've been playing golf throughout. Um, up until about three weeks ago, it was in two balls only. Um, now it's in four balls, but you can only really play local courses to you. Um, okay. England just started playing golf last week. Um, Ireland started playing golf uh, on the 5th of April. So the whole of the UK is back playing golf, but restrictions are easing. Um, probably the most pertinent question for, for your listeners is, I don't know how anybody that had trips planned over how that's going to work um you know if anybody had a trip planned over to play scottish courses in june or july we don't yet know how that's going to fare but um we're hoping to get golf tourism back up and running yeah because that's a big that's a big impact for your countries absolutely no doubt i've i mean i've I've seen a lot of the emails coming out already because I'm part of the Golf Journalists Association, so we get the press releases about travel organizations, and you know we're getting excited to welcome you back to Ireland, to Scotland, to all these places, and that this has definitely had a massive impact. Gavin, I'd be interested to know, has golf exploded, though, amongst the locals? Have you seen a big, up, big uptick? Because over here, it's been crazy. Crazy. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and that's the weird thing. So we've got 
club courses are rammed. You know, you need to be tea times get uh, available a week before. You need to be in the first five minutes to get a slot. Um, yet the championship courses, you can roll up, pay your money, and play because there are no visitors. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a, a, a the opposite of where it would have been three or four years ago. I mean, to give you an idea, shot scope wise, we did two and a half million shots last week. Wow. You know, wow. I, I, it's just booming. And we see that everywhere. Well, just so you know, on that, we'll get to the shot scope stuff, but just quickly on that, you'll start to see more of my shots coming soon because because our courses are just opening up. This part of Ontario has just started to open up. In fact, three or four courses opening up towards the end of this week, and then next week uh, there will be more. Quickly before we transition into that, Gavin, just on the travel side and the golf side, and maybe this is a tough question because maybe there's more than one, but give me your hidden gem of a course that most people might not be aware of, but if they ever come over, what would you say you got to go here? Oh, oh that's a hellish that question. Um, I mean, I, I would always, I, I love Royal Dornick. Is it a hidden gem? Probably not, but it's up the north of the country. And, okay. and there's a bit of travel. I love North Berwick. Again, it should, it should, you know, it's not a championship course per se, but it holds various events. Or the other one off the top of my head would be Panmure, which is a mile away from Carnoustie. Again, got a great history. But these courses are all playable, you know, tough but playable, really enjoyable courses. And excuse my ignorance for where you're positioned in the world, but obviously my family has a Welsh background. My father's uh, dad, so my grandfather, came over from Wales uh, and, and moved over here and started his life. Where is Wales in comparison to where you are? Um, so Wales would be about an eight or nine hour drive south. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and are you familiar? Like, is that like, again, my ignorance, but is that like, would you go visit people in Wales? Would you travel there? Um, I've been to play a few tournaments there. Okay. Um, played a few, played a few events. They've got some great links courses down there. Okay. Um, so I, I got to get over there then. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, uh, there's some good courses everywhere around the British Isles, but Wales has got some great courses. Conway, Royal Port Crawl, uh, St. David's. Yeah, some really good tracks. And do you know any other people named with the last name Jenkins? And if so, are they as are they as cool are they as cool as me or no? There's there's a lot of the Welsh rugby team is called Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't you wouldn't mess with them then, would you? No, 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 you certainly wouldn't. <laughs> All right, Gavin Deere from Shotscope. Let's uh let's transition into the main reason you're here to talk about the amazing products that Shotscope does. And just as a little you know, backstory, because some people might not be aware of this. I first met you, oh my gosh, you'll probably know the exact year, but I feel like it's like at least four, might be five, could be in that range. Lake Nona, you guys were part of a media event there with Tour Edge. You were on a par three. Uh, I got introduced to to one of the first watches. I think it might have been, was it the G3 or no? That was the V2 that would have been. V2, sorry, V2. Um so when was that? Was that five years ago or four or longer? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I would have said oh, it's got to be 2017, I think. Okay. 
Okay, so four years ago. Something like yeah. that, yes. Yeah, so I got introduced to this product there. Uh, I had you on the show. I, I had the V2, and then you guys launched the uh, the new one with the V3 and the tracking, and and now you have a rangefinder as well. But let's let's talk a little bit about the watch for a second, or the the, the and with the performance tracking because last year I started with the V3, and I'll let you explain a little bit more because I, I'm not going to do it any justice. But I, what I do want to say is that the data that you get from using this product consistently is off the charts and i'm guessing that the feedback you get is that the people that have the greatest uh experience with it are the ones that use it consistently is that fair yes yes that that's a fair way to put it i mean the, the advantage for the v3 is is it does your performance tracking but it doubles as a gps watch yes so yes. we do find that golfers who are playing in scrambles match play um things like that they turn off the performance tracking but they'll use it as the gps functionality um but yes i mean we find that all our golfers gain benefit out of performance tracking there's so much to learn about your own game it, it goes between um how you hit shots knowing your exact club distances knowing your percentage misses understanding should i be pitching with a nine iron or a wedge to Hey, I've got a gap in my bag. I, I, I've, I've got some cash in my pocket. What am I going to spend my money on that's going to gr help improve my golf game? Or maybe it's a hybrid that fits that gap. There's so many yeah, you, you raise, up performance tracking. Yeah, you raise a good point because I've, I mean, personally, just to relate it to my own experience, I've been able to identify that I need something uh, in the 200-yard range that I, I'm just missing out on. And that has forced me to, you know, take a long, hard look at putting the right club in my bag as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to get this hybrid or I'm just going to pick up this this three wood. So the data, in my opinion, is is outstanding. Gavin, this might be might be difficult to pinpoint exactly what the um, the yardages would be. But on average, because I know this has happened to me, but on average, People that use this product, they come to find pretty quickly that they don't hit their drives as far as they think. <laughs> what yeah. what what is the standard, or is there a standard like the average individual actually finds out they're ten yards less than they they think they are, or fifteen? Is there a, um, a standard number? Or does it vary? We we ha we haven't got a standard number for that. Um, generally, we so a lot of the times we'll publish data. So, for instance, I can tell you. Um, scratch golfers on our database their performance average so that removes bad outliers and good outliers is 278 yep. yards off the tee really so but what we'll get is we'll get lots of golfers come back to us on social media or in articles and say well hey that can't be right i hit the ball 310 and you go yeah you probably you you have but your yes. your average yeah. could be here and 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 so a lot of the time it's you know off the tee is Okay, you know, whatever whatever you hit off the tee, it doesn't matter. But see, when you get to approach shots, not knowing your distances at approach shots, well, that could be the difference between being in the front bunker or being on the front of the green. That's where we start to see instant improvement with performance tracking. Yeah. You know, understand yeah. those, those numbers. And it's not us saying, hey, 
we're going to make sure that you hit it that distance every time. But you're starting just to bring in averages, bring in the mean distance, and you're able to make better decisions on the course. Yeah, and and I and Gavin, I I just opened up my Shot Scope app, which I love. Um, and just I'm looking at my driver, and just as an example, my performance average is 229. My longest drive is 267, and this is based off last year, and maybe I've had one round this year. But it also shows you fairway success. So I fairway success, which I assume is you're putting it in play, yep. um, 60% of the time. I, I mean, is that I feel good about that. 28% is a right miss, 13% is a left miss. So I can work with that. Like I'm obviously missing to the right way more than to the left. So left isn't bad for me. And it, it allows you to make changes in your game that actually make a difference. So what, what handicap are you, Jody? I, I'm playing, well, right now, because I have, I just started playing to an eight, eight or a nine. Okay, so you're about 12% ahead of the average on fairways hit. Really? Yeah. Wow. So um, I would say that is pretty solid. Obviously, you've got a right miss in there. Yeah. You know, so potentially looking at something at saying, instead of aiming down the center of the fairway, aiming down the left half of the fairway. Yeah. That's that's some of the things that we can start to say, well, maybe if you do that, you'll you'll get more balls in play. Yeah. No, that's uh, anyway, I, I can't stress enough to our to our listeners this product and what it can do for your game and, and i'll be honest i mean i never was a really a, a big gps watch guy i never was the 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 shot the performance tracking and i was like no i'm gonna try this i'm gonna give it a season and after every round and i'm sure you've heard this over and over again gavin like i find myself rushing to the car downloading the data and checking out what happened during my round yeah, I mean, that that's the advantage. So it works in the background. So you're not worrying about it on the golf course. You're just playing your game. It collects all the information, puts it into the app. We've got a big app release coming in a couple of days' time, so you'll see that improvement, Jody. Um, and, and again, it's, it's about the ability to understand. You know, you understand your game a little bit better. You make better decisions. You score a little bit better. You maybe take a bit of cash off your friends, you you know, you're, you'll maybe play a bit better in the club championship, whatever you're doing, and then you enjoy the game. So it becomes a sort of never-ending cycle of improvement. Yeah, and what kind of feedback have you heard that has caused you to say, oh, yeah, that's a change we should make, or has there has there been a lot of that? Yeah, so we, we've got um, pretty good loops on the go for getting information back. So we've got a Facebook user group. Um, they're really engaged constantly providing us with oh, guys could you add um information so for instance uh, we've started to add strokes gained into the system we're doing that throughout q2 as well adding some more so again that that was our probably our most uh, asked for feature last year and then also when we're sort of building out new updates new inf new features we're taking that to user groups and we change the user group every time. So it's sort of 10 new, 10 new uh, golfers um, and sort of say, look, do you understand this? Does this make sense to you? What do you glean from it? Okay, can we respin it? Could you get a little bit more information if we did it this way? And, you know, so that's an, a pretty iterative process. And um, we've been working like that for a couple of years, I think, the response we get is that when we make releases, they're 
they don't have many bugs in them. They've been well tested. They're they make sense to our users, you know, and that's that's all you can ask for. And, and again, you, you're keeping our users happy. There's no subscriptions, so you know, for instance, in two days' time, we release our new app update. That's a free update. So all of our guys, it's like getting a new product. There's there's loads yeah. of new features to explore. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been overly impressed, and like I said, hardly any issues with the product with the app so i i can't say enough good things about it so make sure you check that out the v3 gps watch and performance tracking you won't be disappointed i also wanted to move now into uh the pro l1 rangefinder and ask like what made you get into rangefinders now is what's uh, is this a is this a new thing yeah so we <laughs> <laughs> you, you laugh at this. So, uh, a, couple, a couple of years ago, I, um, I I sort of went out. I I, I run sales and marketing effectively, uh, do some pro- product work as well. And I flew out to North America, did sort of Toronto and five states in sort of a week. Met with six different retailers, sitting there with a, a well-known US retailer in Wichita, Kansas. And the guy said, oh, tell me about your watches, show them the watches. So, wow, love it, love it all. Five minutes in, he said, you know, what else do you guys do? <laughs> and I'm going, wow, I've flown a long way <laughs> to find that out. And so I, 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 say, I was sitting on the plane going to Atlanta thinking, you know, we've that's a real point. You know, we when you look at the core skills within ShotScope, we design all of our own technology. We manufacture it um, with our manufacturing partners out in Malaysia. We work uh, pretty hard to sort of make sure the apps work and the user experience very good. And wow, you know, what what else could we do? And, and at that time, I was looking at the laser market and going, well, I, th- I used to use a laser when I played competitively. Maybe there's something we should go and look into that. So we spent near enough two years... Um, working on the Pro L1. We released it into North America at the end of January. Um, And what we've come out with, A, we're very proud of it, but also I think kind of speaks to our ethos and uh, producing fantastic products at sort of a relatively good price compared to the rest of the market. And it's packed full of technology. Um, so yeah, so uh, that's kind of where it kind of came from. Um, slight, slight difference for us in watches, but it's the same segment. Yeah. You know, we, we've we've actually sold quite a lot of lasers to watch users who said, "Hey, I want to carry a laser. I don't want to spend too much on it. I, I like I like shot scope. I like what you guys do. Send me one." <laughs> yeah. No, I I think it's uh, it's a wonderful product. I can honestly say it arrived. Um, just a couple of days ago, I've already gone through it all. I've tried it out, but you, you talk about the technology that's there. I mean, it's all there. The adaptive slope technology, it, you know, it vibrates when it locks onto your target. You can have it in full scan mode. You can toggle between colors. You can or, like red and black in the eyepiece, like, and it looks good. Like it's, uh, it's, I think you've done an amazing job and the price point can't be beat. Like, I don't, I don't know if you can touch that price. Yeah, well, that well, that's it. I mean, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, we're we're a team of golfers, and you know, unfortunately, I used to get given golf equipment. Now I have to buy it. 
<laughs> and uh, and that 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 makes you consider your choices. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, so uh, again, it's 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 very much a case of let's let's pull all the technology in. and and to be honest, the red and black optic display. Um, for your listeners, it gives you the opportunity to change the display. 99% of lasers use just black. Yeah. Um, black is very good, but especially early morning, dusk, um, in the evening, or darker conditions, the red really pops. You can see the, okay. you can see the display very easily through it. You know, that that's a feature that you won't find on a laser in Canada for less than 500 bucks. Yeah, exactly. No, and we're exactly. we're half the price of that. And Gavin on the sh- uh, on the slope side of things, with that feature, am I right in saying I, I again I I just took a quick look at it and was playing around? But is there a switch just on the side that just you toggle back and forth for the slope? Yeah, yeah. So again, um, for conformance reasons, you you have to be able to switch it off. Yep. So yep. so yes, it's got that functionality. Um, That's beautiful, though. That's because I've had some units in the past that I've tried out that it's not as easy to get the slope off. Like you got to cycle through a bunch of different things. So the fact that you can just flip that switch is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's a nice feature. I, I I commend you on that one. So it's called the uh, Shot Scope, the Pro L1. It comes in blue, and I think it comes in a gray as well. Yes. And which is the hotter seller? Is there a preference <laughs> you see in? Um. I would suggest uh, blue over grey. Okay. However, I was discussing with a retailer earlier today in North America, and they were saying grey was selling two to one. So okay. Um, I like the blue; stands out a little bit more. Um, and again, for for your listeners, the carry case comes with it. It's it's got either got the blue accent or the grey accent, depending on what yeah. what model you go for. Yeah. No, it's a. Uh... Wonderful piece. So I would encourage you to check out shotscope.com and you can find that Pro L1. You can find all their products as well. I talked about the V3 GPS watch and then V2. They've got the G3 there as well. And it's uh, lots of great stuff. Um, Before we talk a little bit about the Masters, because I do want to get your thoughts on that, is there... Are there more products in the works or what's being discussed? Um, Can you share that? We're always looking at new products. What I would say is um, we're we've not got anything slated for this year, and that that's us pretty solid. A lot of our work and efforts are going into software. Um, again, something that's very topical for for your listeners. So we opened up a Canadian warehouse, so all our products are actually be, sat in Canada just now. Oh, so it's wow. uh, it's domestic shipping. It's very easy. Um, and again, we've seen a great response to that from the Canadian market. Um, but yeah, we, we'll be software upgrades on our app mostly for the rest of this year. And then um, we'll probably look at some new non-watch products for next year. That's what I'll say. You'll see them at Lake Nona, hopefully. <laughs> yes, hopefully we get back there. I'm, I'm telling you, I can't wait. So shotscope.com, make sure you check that out. Love the products. And uh, if anyone has any questions, uh, they can email me, J-O-D-I-E, at jjthegolfguy.com. More than happy to put you in touch uh, with the team at ShotScope and hopefully get you all hooked up. Okay, Gavin, quickly, because I know your time is money, being the big big businessman that you are. I don't want to keep you too long. But uh, Masters coming up uh, very, very soon. 
And of course, I don't know if you saw that video of DeChambeau just hammering balls on the range with, with, with VJ, with VJ just standing there, which I thought, I thought the VJ thing was funnier than what DeChambeau was doing, but that was a, I've come to understand that was a drill that he does a speed drill. Yes. But he, A, he looked like an animal. Like he just looked like a freak of nature doing that. And B, will that translate to the course? Like what I have, I think that he could do it this year. What are your thoughts? Um, will that translate to the course? I don't know. I, th- I think, I think Bryson's pretty, he's pretty easy to see coming. He's yeah. one of those golfers that he's either on form for a period of time or he's kind of not there. And I don't know if I, I, I I'm sorry, I don't pay loads of attention to the golf um, at the moment, <laughs> but I will watch the Masters. But um, I don't think he's quite on form, as you would say. And and, and some sometimes you kind of look at um, a guy like Rory. And you go, he can come out of nowhere for a week um, and, and suddenly go from not playing well to playing well and play very yeah, well. But true. guys like DJ and um, Bryson, I kind of always think, you, you, you know, you can kind of see like DJ takes some time off. He almost needs two weeks and then, and then he's, he's pretty much going to win. Um, I yeah. And I mean, you've, I mean, you have a professional golf background and of course, we always hear, especially with the Masters, and as you said, you know that's one tournament that you follow, you know, pretty pretty consistently. But you know how they always say like so and so is going to overpower the course, like and Bubba, you know, Bubba, for in a sense, he did obviously. Yeah. DJ has overpowered it, but they said that you know Bryson was going to overpower the course, and that didn't didn't really come to fruition. I mean, it's almost like Augusta has this mystique where it hears what people are saying and it's kind of like it says to itself yeah well we're going to show you right like it's yeah it's just interesting how it's able to do that i mean i i i heard a little bit that it's playing pretty quick firm and fast yeah. now i wonder if certainly if i was setting the course up i would be looking for it to be as firm and fast as it it probably more than the last 10 years you know you when i think back to early 2000s you can remember guys putting off greens and the ball sort of landing in the center of the green running through the back i don't know if i can remember that so much in recent times um but to me a firm and fast golf course is going to give bryson issues no you're right you raise a good point would uh would a firm and fast golf course give Gavin Deere issues or oh, would you thrive? If every would you golf thrive? course gives me issues. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, currently it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I put it this way. The PJ show being canceled in January, that was my winter practice gone. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh go. I, I, you would need to pay me serious cash to play in front of a TV audience on the masters this weekend. <laughs> oh man gavin deer from shot scope we always appreciate your time uh one last thing before we let you go and this might be an unfair question too if you who who would you pick right now who to win the masters pick? um 
I'm looking, as we were talking about it, I googled the list. Yeah. I, I mean, I I think uh, Cameron Smith is a very good oh, golfer around great around player, the course. Great player. Um, yeah. I like Hovland. I think I think he's got major winner written all over him. Um, or it's funny. I mean, I, I, you're watching Spieth, and Spieth is got a bit of magic and people were sort of jumping the bandwagon after last week. Yeah. But there's nothing like confidence in the yeah. game of golf. I mean, it's true. And, and he's had the biggest shot of confidence he can have and he's going somewhere he loves. And, and you kind of think if it's playing firm and fast, wow, he, he could be a real contender. What about Westwood? Any chance? Not for me. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think you could strongly argue that he's played probably the best golf he's going to play. You know, when you look at pro golf, guys play for periods. They play very well. Yeah. And and I think he's peaked probably three weeks ago. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 maybe for a West for a Lee, it would be a Royal St George's would be a great opportunity to kind of put everything together um yeah I, I don't know it's it's difficult I, I always think look for the guys that are playing well and kind of on their way to peaking so so Gavin I again I didn't I, I didn't want to keep you this long oh, no, you're fine but I got I gotta ask this question because you of your pro background and, and your knowledge of it and you mentioned Westwood that he peaked or that was your your thoughts why why is it difficult as a pro golfer? to maintain that level of play? Is it, is it fatigue? Is it the mental side? Is it just things happen? Like what, why is that? Because you'd think that it, that they'd be able to play at a pretty high level, which they do, but a high level that would allow them to be very ultra competitive for, for long periods of time. Or am I just not, is that just not how it works? No. So there's, there's a couple of things. So, um, you've got, the course itself. So do you like the courses? So for instance, especially in the US, you know, you you've got swings. You've got your swing through Florida, predominantly Bermuda courses. Guys are that's what guys grew up, that's what they like, they feel comfortable there. Um you've got age. I think that might have been Lee's downfall. Yeah. Um, you know, just playing playing consistently for three weeks in a row took took a lot out of him. And that kind of versus bubble for me what happened was i the better i swung the club so i was a sort of go away and play on tour for four four weeks week yeah. one haven't played a competition for a couple of weeks kind of feeling my way back into it make the cut okay uh week two feeling pretty good fresh start to play pretty well week three always thought that's that's probably my best chance to go and win uh, play really well, and then week four, you're just trying to hold on, <laughs> and and it just goes in cycles because it is. Yeah. But uh, you know, and, and this is where people hark back to Tiger Woods. What was Tiger's greatest strength? He could turn up having not played for two weeks and win. Yeah, he was so much better than everybody else. Whereas there's not many golfers that can do that at the moment. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of those sports that I, I just. It's always a challenge, and it's a per, it's it's challenging to the individual, and I think that's what makes the game 
so amazing. Like that's what I love about it. So it's uh, definitely some great insight there. And we appreciate that, Gavin. Again, the website, shotscope.com. Go buy everything. Make Gavin a happy man. It's worth it. Buy your friends it as well. And uh, you won't be disappointed. Uh, Looking forward to using the products this season here in Canada. And looking forward to hopefully connecting with you again in person. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to that. Um, Yeah, once I get over. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thanks for your time again, Gavin. No, I appreciate that. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks again to Gavin Deere taking the time to join us. Uh, Brett Black, our producer, giving me the thumbs up that uh, emails are already rolling in about those units, the rangefinder and the V3 watch. Make sure you check it out, shotscope.com. Uh, don't forget, if you have any questions, J-O-D-I-E at jjthegolfguy.com. Love to hear from you as we celebrate 20 years of doing this show. Enjoy the rest of your week. We will talk soon.